Tales from the Chip, Episode 4, with Harrison Borthwick. Harrison is one of the club's younger brigade, having worked his way all the way from Milo cricket into senior cricket. He is a right-arm, medium-pace bowler and a left-handed batsman who has taken his game to another level, opening the bowling in the second 11 last season. He is passionate and sometimes fiery in his approach to the game. Hey guys, I'm Harrison Borthwick, play cricket for Red Hill, have so since probably 09-010 when I started in the under-10s. I think it was under-11s back then, but have ever since, so yeah. You're the youngest guest so far, so we'll get a bit of a different generation different generation of insights in here. So who are you, Harrison? Give us a little bit about yourself. Well, I live in Mornington uh, to start off, uh, have forever. Um, went to Mornington Secondary College, graduated last year, um, 19 years old, and love cricket, I suppose. Um, I like to do what most people do, uh, go to the beach, hang out with mates. But now I'm studying journalism at Latrobe University, which is uh, pretty cool. I enjoy that. So, yeah, that's pretty much me. Uh, hell of a school, Mornington. Top school, that. What, what are your early thoughts on university? You've only started this year. What's your first impressions? Well, well it's good. Um, so... It's a full-time course, but it's actually very part-time. You know, uni life's good, although we haven't been to uni much uh, this semester. Started to make some good friends, but that kind of fell away with the lockdown. Um, but it's good, you know, studying. Now we're doing like a feature thing, a feature article. You know, we're trying to interview some pretty high-profile uh, high people. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, it's good. I, I enjoy it. Excellent. Good to hear you're enjoying it. You've picked a, um, yeah, picked a, a path that, uh, I sort of considered at a few different points and, and, and still probably are considering in some way. Um, and this sort of podcast is a bit of a part of that. So that's, uh, that's really cool. All right. So what are your earliest memories of the game of cricket and what led you to Red Hill? Well, it definitely wasn't love at first sight with cricket. I remember my parents turning on the cricket even before primary school and I think it was particularly Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath's last Ashes series and I had no interest whatsoever. Um, I'd want my cartoons to get turned back on. Yeah, didn't wasn't really enjoying it. But that's also the same time I was started becoming close to the Clower family and often they invite me to Red Hill to watch PK play. He, I think he was in the seconds then, maybe the odd first game, but I think that was my first memory of enjoying cricket. I just started enjoying going up there. Often I, I would have been primary school age, uh, prep age even, year one. But that's kind of like what led me to Red Hill. I started playing Milo when PK ran that, then started in the under-10s and then just worked my way up ever since. So... Yeah, the Clough family really led me up to Red Hill, which I'm pretty thankful for now. And yeah, that's how I was led up to Red Hill. It wasn't location. I've always lived in Mornington. There's plenty of other clubs closer. Um, I'm not even sure if I would have played cricket if it wasn't for meeting Pete and the family. So yeah, I'm pretty lucky there. Yeah, so you're one of the 
well, the hundreds, I'd say, of kids that have gone through that Milo program that PK started in, oh, I'm going to have a bit of a guess. I reckon it would have been the late 90s, maybe mid-90s even. Um, and the, the the very first crop he had uh, produced two two premier first 11 cricketers uh, and they both lived closer to Main Ridge, but they came to Main Ridge because, oh, they came to Red Hill, sorry, because Main Ridge didn't have their the Milo program. So that, that program that PK started has been just unbelievable for Red Hill. It's probably, probably you know, you, you could argue it's the number one reason the club is so strong and so viable um, and in the position that it is in today. Um, all right, cool. So that's how you ended up at Red Hill. That's interesting that it's not a geographical link. Um most people, it's usually, yeah, it was the closest club and I lived in Red Hill. So that's, uh, that's a cool story, something a little bit different. So you've been around for over 10 years in the juniors and started in the seniors in the last couple of years. What's your favourite memory on field or favourite memory that's happened on the ground? Probably my favourite memory is the period of, I think, I think it was this 2017-18 season and I was in the second 11 and we went on a really good run, won a lot of games of cricket and made the grand final. Um, but it was mainly the semi that I can remember really well. We were playing Muraduck, um, which we hadn't really beaten in a few years as uh, in the time I'd been playing second 11 cricket, which had been a couple of years by then. And they smashed us every time. But we played them in the semi. I think we made about 240 in the first innings batting. And then we had to go bowl 10 overs at the end of the day. And they were none for 70 overnight. And we went back the next day. And we probably weren't that confident. But, you know, we went out and gave gave it our best crack. And I think we took the 10 wickets. I think we took about 10 for 60 or 70. And we rolled them. So... That was really good. Reese Hewitt was unbelievable and took six wickets. And I think me, Clock, and Simon Catchlove, you know, shared the last four. But that was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, pretty exciting. We didn't quite win the grand final. We lost by 15 runs, which was a pity. But even then, we played pretty well in that game. Just got unlucky at the end. So, yeah, that was probably my favourite memory on the field. Yeah, I do remember that semi final. I remember watching most of that game that was when Hoffer made 100 but didn't realize he'd made 100 at the time and he hit a bunch of sixes and then came off got out thought he was on 90s something early 90s uh and then he got out and they added up the scorebook and he was on 110 I think it was so that, he was he was scoring so quickly that the scorers couldn't keep up so I do remember that actually yeah, and I remember you getting absolutely spanked on that first night. Or, yeah, you're getting just spanked all over the place. Um, yeah, it was about number 70, wasn't it? And it was like, oh, that did not go well. Uh, they need to get off the ground very quickly. Uh, and then the next day, it just it all uh, turned around. I think they even got a bit of a partnership going the next day. And then you just needed that. It was like you just needed one wicket and then you ran through them and didn't have any trouble at all and won pretty comfortably in the end. They did. That was a really good game. It's all, it's it's funny how the semi-finals are, are really memorable. Uh yeah. Um I actually forgot about Poffer 
making that hundred. I was thinking about the game today, and I yeah totally forgot, but that was amazing. He was smashing them everywhere, and we thought he'd banned about eighty or ninety, and he went off, had a shower, and then came back and found out we made a hundred. But yeah, the semifinals are always memorable. Or it's always something a bit weird happens in the semifinals. I find. Yeah, and you're right. They got off a, off to a bit of a partnership again in the next day, and it was hot, and you know maybe started to get a bit down, and then. I think Ray started swinging the ball everywhere and we went right through them. So, yeah, it was pretty amazing being a part of it. Yeah, no, it was definitely um, it was definitely a memorable semi-final. And you're right about the semi-finals, they're often the ones that throw up something a little bit weird or you know something a little bit out of the ordinary. So it's funny how um, I speak to – I remember when we first started playing in finals and stuff in the first when I was a lot younger and – and a lot of the old guys like PK and that, they used to sort of say that the semifinals were usually harder to win. If you could get through the semifinal, um, a lot of the time the grand finals were easier in a way. I'm not really sure why, but it does seem like that seems to be true sometimes. All right, so that's on field. What about off field? What's your favourite memory off field? You've just uh, gone on your first cricket trip. Uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to be able to go to Hobart on my first trip away this year. Um, that was really fun. Uh, everyone knows a few stories about that trip. But probably around the club, my favourite memory off-field around the club, is probably the period just before the COVID-19 lockdown, like the first ever one. Um, and that's the same year the ones won the flag, which was really exciting. But we had a few really good functions in the lead up to then, um, which was really good. I was just about to turn 18, which was cool. Um, yeah, we just had some really good, really good nights then as well. So just the lead up, it was like we knew there was a lockdown coming without the lockdown, without knowing. We just made the most of the time and there was really good morale around the club. Um, I remember a dress to regret night was really good. And then the celebration of the flag, which was pretty amazing. So that's probably my favorite time off field. Um, not, I didn't really give a, a, a memory, but that time around the club was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's perfect. That's yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a very interesting time, wasn't it? It was sort of. Yeah, and it's more interesting when you look back, isn't it? Because you didn't didn't know what was around the corner, but um, yeah, it was it was certainly a very memorable time. Okay, so what about a funniest moment? What's the funniest thing you've seen in your time at Red Hill? Can I tell two stories really quick? Yeah. So the first one, I don't really want to throw this guy under the bus, but it's a pretty funny story. Um, we we're playing at Long Island one day, and. Sean Martin and Roscoe, I think, were two of the three next batsmen to bat. And anyway, Sean Martin didn't have his batting gear for some reason, but his brother was dropping it off. So Roscoe also had his stuff there, his equipment, and he didn't have it on yet because he was still a few away from batting. And I think we had tea or drinks. And I think Roscoe went to the toilet afterwards, after tea. And I think just after tea, Sean went into bat and no one really thought anything about it. And anyway, Roscoe came back around to where we were sitting. He's like, where's my gear? And he's looking around. He's starting to get a bit agitated. No one really thought anything of it. 
um, you know, he's starting to think someone put a prank uh, prank on him and, you know, hit his stuff. And then he looks out onto, onto the field and Sean's actually wearing his gear. And it was really bizarre because we don't actually think Sean knew it wasn't his stuff. I think he just thought it was the stuff his brother brought. And, yeah, I, Roscoe, I don't know what gear Roscoe wore, but it wasn't his because Sean was wearing it and it was really funny. So that's uh, my first story. <laughs> yeah, that's um, – I'm, I'm not really surprised by that, just put it that way. No, um, it's probably a Martin thing to do. Um, we all love the Martins and they're a value, very valuable family to the club, but there's sometimes where there's some interesting things done. But, yeah, that was very funny at the time. My second story, though, I was playing a game with Super a few years ago and we are bowling first and I think he came on first or second change. You know, so he bowled his first over, normal over. He bowled, he started bowling his second over, bowled about two or three balls, I think. And then he got to the top of his mark. And he kind of just looked, just started looking around, hand on his hip, hair out of his eyes. And he just said out aloud, is this a one-dayer or a two-dayer? And we're all just like, one-dayer? He's like, ah, oh, better change my lines. I thought it was a two-dayer. And everyone on the field starts pissing themselves because we probably played 20 overs <laughs> of the game. Um, so that was pretty funny as well. And it kind of aligns up with another super story where we were bowling first in another game a few years earlier and it got to tea and we were inside eating something and he came up to me and said, so who are we playing? And super, we're here at Mount Martha. We're playing Mount Martha. So that were two pretty funny stories I thought that kind of connected pretty well together and they were both super. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It um, sort of makes you wonder what Chris may have been getting up to on the morning of the game if he's that uh, that lost in the game situation. <laughs> that's um, that's very funny. I, I hadn't heard them before, but that's, uh, that's, very, that's very good. You happy with those ones? Very happy with that. Uh, that leads me into my, my next next one. Uh, if you sort of mentioned a, a couple that might feature there, but who are some of your favourite teammates that you've played with over the years? There's so many. Um, firstly, there's probably the older brigade. Um, you know, your Roscoe's, your Supers, um, Jay Nemick, who's a good friend of mine. Just those guys, they've got great insight into cricket obviously because they've played cricket for years they've also got good morale and good leadership um then there's also the you know probably those guys who that that ones group who i haven't played a lot with i've played a few practice matches with a few jack peacock games with but you know they've got great insight i'm good friends with a lot of them so it's always good to play those guys you know good experience but then there's one other guy who i've played so much cricket with um, and that's clock Tom Dyson. I've played so much cricket with him. I think my first year of senior cricket and his first year at Red Hill were the same year. We both played in the threes. Then we played in the threes the next year, and then we both went to the seconds, and we both played second 11 cricket ever since. So I've played with clock forever, and we get along really well. 
Um, I reckon 80% of the time I've batted in senior cricket, it's with clock. But, yeah, it's a lot of people. I could talk about a lot of people who I really enjoy playing with. I really enjoy playing with Eddie Martin. Um, I really enjoy playing with Juddy, uh, Jared. Um, oh, there's so many to pick from. The Hannemans. Yeah, there's so many. It, it kind of reminds me, though, that a lot of the time when I'm bowling, I really enjoy having someone there next to me, probably at mid-off. Probably because, you know, I'm a bit younger. I really like enjoy I enjoy talking about bowling um, when I bowl. And, you know, my first person I had there, it's always probably the same person field at mid-off. And the first one I had was Jay. And then I had, uh, who was it? Super was there for a bit. Jake Hanneman currently. Uh, oh, and Simon Catchlove, of course. Um, you know, I always love to bounce ideas off people. Um, and you've been you've been a part of that as well in um, the later parts of last season. So, and also one more I haven't mentioned is someone I mentioned quite a lot at the start is uh, PK. I love playing with PK, particularly my first two seasons of thirds cricket. Um, we used to open the bowling together a lot. Obviously, he's probably the big, biggest influence of me as a cricketer. So, yeah, I used to um, love playing with him too. So, uh, Yes, very good. Some some really, um, really good who's who of Red Hill you, you got through a bit there. It's funny you say that you like to talk through your overs and talk through your bowling and you sort of bounce off your mid-on and mid-off a fair bit while you're bowling because that's probably the exact opposite of your younger brother, Ned, when, when he's bowling and <laughs> during his overs, I, I, I'm not even sure if he knows he's bowling sometimes. He, he probably only <laughs> realises he's bowling when somebody throws, him the, somebody throws him the ball and says, Ned, run in. So, um, yeah, that was, just, that was a funny thought that was going through my head when you were talking about um, talking through your overs and things like that. He could not be more... Could not be more opposite, I don't think. There. So, like I've uh, like I've asked everyone else so far, we we probably all agree that Red Hill's got um, something, you know, something that little bit extra about it as a club and as a place. Uh, what do you think it is that sets Red Hill apart as a club? Well, it's the people. Um, so I'm 19 years old. There's not many other 19 year olds at the club. There's a few. There's a lot of kids who are a bit younger, two or three, four years younger. But I'm 19. There's not many other people at the club who are 19. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. There's, you know, I, I can hang out with anyone at the club. You know, anyone can hang out with anyone. Doesn't matter their age, who they are, what grade they play. We've got some really fantastic people, um, and it just shows by the the quality of the place. You know, it's on and off field. It helps having good people. I feel, and you know. The club's gone right up the ranks in the last 10 years and I think that's a show of the commitment people have for the club. Um, you know, that's playing and the ministry, you know, people on the on the committee. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I have. It's really exciting, the place at the moment, great morale. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I have. Yeah, you're spot on there and you're, and you're really lucky your particular age group that um basically your whole time of playing seniors we've been we've been really successful like i don't i'm off the top of my head darty would have been your only 
senior coach until until Slacky last season. So yeah, you, you sort of don't know a period where Red Hill hasn't been successful. Um, and believe me, there were there has been times where it hasn't been as good as it is now. So um, it's really important that that we you know everyone does everything they can to sort of continue this for for as long as we possibly can because the nature of sport and the nature of volunteer organizations like fluff said is that it, nothing lasts forever so um while it's while it's your time and while everything's going well um it's important that that everyone does their bit to to keep it that way and, and so the the younger generation and the younger people are the key to that the key to driving that and the key to pu- key to pushing that um through for the next period of time so it's it's really encouraging to hear that somebody from your age bracket you know is able to to, to recognize that and to able to identify that and, and see that Red Hill is a really good place at the moment. Um, and that hopefully, you know, there's people around your age that are going to be the ones that drive that forward for, for as long as possible. All right, very good answer again, Harrison. What, what's, um, what do you think's next for you in the next couple of years uh, playing cricket and, and just in your life in general? Um, in terms of cricket, um, you know, I probably the aim for most people who take their cricket half seriously is to push into the ones. So that's probably something I hope, you know, it's probably something I'm working hard for, to be honest. So, yeah, that's what I hope for on field. I just hope the club keeps being successful. But for me personally, though, I would love to be able to go traveling as soon as I can. I was probably going to do that this year and um, push uni back a year, but obviously that's not going to happen or didn't happen. But that's probably what I choose to or want to do in the near future. So that's what's it for me. I'm going to continue doing uni and, yeah, so that's what I hope for in the future. Yeah, it's, you've been really unlucky in that sense. Um, your, your, your 18th year is, is probably, I always look back at year 12 as the most fun year I've, you know, I've had in my life to this point, I'd say it's, there's something on every weekend, everyone's turning 18, everyone's getting their license. It was my first year of, of under 18s footy. So in the senior footy club, I started playing, you know, senior first 11 cricket in that sort of couple of years time, time period. So, you know, there's parties and everything on all the time. And, and yeah, I really feel for the year 12s of the last year and, well, yeah, last year and then this year, you've missed out on a on a lot of good stuff. And then also, um, yeah, like you said, not being able to travel, which is something that people really, really look forward to. They sort of, you know, I'm sure that keeps a lot of people going through year 12, knowing that, you know, once you get through year 12, then you've got this this sense of freedom and you've got all these things that you can do and you sort of, you've really missed out on a lot of that. So I really, really, really do feel for, um, for people in your 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 position your age uh, especially in my job seeing seeing that firsthand so um yeah it's really unfortunate and hopefully it's uh hopefully it's yeah, it doesn't keep going too much longer so that was a chat with harrison or sources he's affectionately known had some good insights in there that i either didn't know about or i maybe had forgotten about so Looking forward to the next episode. Loved and appreciated the suggestions for people that I should chat to next. So keep them coming. And that's it.